Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Damien Keyes, and this is Bridge the Atlantic. Welcome to Bridge Atlantic's interviews, where we get to know the people behind and in front of the creative industries. We're your hosts, music web designer Ross Barbersmith from Scotland, owner of Electric Kiwi, where we create awesome custom websites for bands, artists, and musicians. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Electric Kiwi. And I'm singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Marcin Avelli from Canada, a man who wears many hats, literally and figuratively. When I'm not releasing music under my own name, I'm producing and mixing records for other artists. Uh, speaking of which, if you'd like me to work on your next song or album, especially if it's acoustic, get in touch. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, and Patreon as my name, Marcio Novelli. We're excited to share that we've made some significant updates to our Patreon page, and we invite you to become an official patron of the show to help things keep going and growing. Perks include early access to content, sponsored ads at the start and end of our shows, as well as your chance to co-host an episode alongside Ross and I. We've also got official BTS shirts available to purchase on our website. There's a link to them in our show notes, so go and get them. And please use the coupon code BTAROCKS to receive 10% off your purchase as our little way of saying Thank you. Gracias. And lastly, I recently released a brand new acoustic EP, The Reimagining Volume 1, and you can listen to it everywhere and anywhere that music is available. Um, I encourage you to share it freely with the world and uh, stay tuned for my second full-length solo album that you can be a part of by visiting my website, marcianovelli.com. Joining us this week out of Brighton, England, is music industry entrepreneur, speaker and all-round music business champion, Damien Keyes. After founding the British Institute of Modern Music, aka BIM, which is now valued at over £50 million, Damien went on to build and invest in several other businesses, including DK, sorry, DK Music Management, DK Music Academy and Warble Entertainment. As a musician, he's also played some impressive shows, including performing at London's Hyde Park to 150,000 people, alongside Eric Clapton, Alanis Morissette, The Who and Bob Dylan. Damien sold his shares to BIMM in 2010 and started DK Music Management, a commercial band management company to help musicians find work after leaving music education. DKMM is now the largest commercial band management company in the Europe. With in the Europe, Ross, really in the in, Europe. This is what Ross does in, in the Europe <laughs> with over 200 musicians performing weekly. Now Damien is educating and inspiring musicians via his Facebook and YouTube videos with actionable and motivational advice, which which is why he's on the show. We're excited to learn more about him and the advice he'd offer to other musicians. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Damien. How are you doing? That was the best intro I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> See, Ross makes well, the notes and I never review them. <laughs> that well, was good research. I took most of it from your website, to be fair. <laughs> I did add music business champion. I'll, I'll take full credit for that. That was good. Yeah, I might, I might keep me. that. Uh, yeah, there's a fee. We'll, we'll negotiate. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Well, uh, let's get right into it. Tell us three things about yourself that everyone should know. 
Okay, so three things is, the first thing is I failed all my GCSEs when I was a kid, which is in this country is our kind of first entry level exams, um, sort of in high school, um, to allow you to go on to, uni- well, to allow you to go on to do A-levels and then go on to university. So I failed all of them. And then the, um, I, I was made by my mum to reset the entire year again. So all my friends went off to college and I had to reset, which took me an entire year and I failed them all a second time. So at that point, I realized that I wasn't particularly very academic. Um, but at that point, I realized it was okay because I wanted to be a rock star. So um, I think that's, that's how it started, really. Um, second thing that, uh, that people should know about me is I class myself as a musician first business person second mm-hmm. um because and, and it's an interesting thing because obviously you've got t- two very different hats where musicians think in 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 a, in a very different way usually to, to business and one's very creative and the other the other tends to be more um uh i suppose more practical mm-hmm. um and i think that that's i always think whenever when everyone says what do you do my instant reaction is um, I am a musician. It's just weird that my business life has been more successful than my music life. Um, and the third thing is, uh, is one year ago, the only social media um, platforms that I had was Snapchat. That was it. And the only reason why I had Snapchat was so that I could take pictures of the guys in my band and then draw doodle on their faces usually i draw a dick on their heads and then i'd send it back <laughs> to them uh, and uh, and that was my that was about as social media as i got and i just wasn't into social media until i realized that social media wasn't it wasn't a thing anymore it was building businesses so rather mm-hmm. than being you built a business and the way you advertised was you did a little bit of social media mm-hmm. all of a sudden social media was how you built a brand and the day i realized that the day i thought well if i'm going to spend the next 30 years of my life building more businesses then I'm going to need to figure this stuff out. And since that day, every single day from when I wake up to when I go to bed is dedicated to just experimenting and learning about social media and using what I've done in business over the last 20 years to try and kind of navigate my way through it as such. That's great. Nice. That was very thorough. I was going to say that was great, (laughs) but without meandering, it was great. It was wonderful. Yeah, I know. I mean, you, you think that you do speaking as part of your you know, your life or something. We can learn something, something from him, Ross. <laughs> I, I, yes, I think the Europe. I'm taking Thanks notes, mental that, notes. Did you do that on purpose just to screw with me, Ross? The Europe. In the Europe. No, no comment. Oh, it is the Europe. <laughs> the Europe. <laughs> so, Damien, um, I kind of want to jump back to your, your BIM days a little bit. Um, so, as someone who's been heavily involved in music education, as well as being a musician yourself... I'd love to get some thoughts on how valuable education can be to crafting a career in today's music industry. And maybe maybe it's a different kind of education to what it was 10 years ago, but I'd like to hear you talk about that, please. I, th- I think music education is a really funny one. And education in general is going through a real period of time at the moment because I think as we go through school and we, we have all these kind of rules put upon us and then we figure out what we're good at and what we're not good at, uh, we figure out how we learn. Some people learn in a, in a in a in a doing way. Some people are told. Some people read. Everyone's got different skill sets, and everyone's got different ways that they actually either take in or retain information. For me personally, um, the school system let me down completely because the way that I learned compared to the way that they tried to teach me just was a complete non non fit. So 
they would say, you need to read the book, remember the stuff, I'll ask you questions, and you can, and you can tell me the answers. Which is, is my pretty brain, much regurgitation. Exactly, regurgitation. Yeah. My brain just wouldn't, wouldn't sort of hold the information, and therefore I failed. And then there wasn't a second option. There wasn't a way of saying, well, do you know what? In that case, let's try a second way, um, because at that point you're deemed as you can't progress on to the next level unless you go to, to sort of further education, which is, which is slight, you know, the, the next option. So it is, it is a funny time for education. And, and I think when it comes to music education, we are now in the noisiest time that's ever been. So when I started in music education, it was in 1997. And it was a very different time in the UK. There was, there was a couple of smaller schools. And then there was one big school that came along, which, which I was a part of, called uh, the ACM, which, which grew. Um, and then that became that that was the school that was where everybody went in this country pr- pretty much um, and then after that now you know every college course has got a degree or an MA it's got BTEC it's got HND it's got different sort of course qualifications that you can do um, people come from all over the world to study music um, and every town and, and every city has got its own version of that so people don't have to travel from you know I'm from Swansea in in, um, in Wales um, there was no music industry in Swansea and Wales so the only option was to get to London or as close to London as I could get um, and so the thing with music industry for me is it's all about it's all about uh, inspiration and being around sort of people that can actually help guide you because the reality is is you can you can learn so much from youtube nowadays so if you are going to spend that much time and that much energy on going to music education then it has to be for the right reasons and there's far too many people who don't do it for the right reasons and therefore they fall out the other side with a qualifications a qualification which means nothing because you've got a degree in music what we do everyone's got a degree yeah. i mean I get, I get 10 cvs a day and everyone's got a degree i don't even know who's got a, a degree it, with all the guys in my office i've got no idea i don't care because hmm. what i'm after is what are they like as a person what experience have they got um you know sort of how do i know them who, who have they come through um and so if you go into music education thinking, I'm going to achieve this and this is my time frame to do it mm-hmm. and I need to learn how to do it and put things into practice in that time, then I think it can be a very valuable tool. But if not, it can be a very expensive uh, way of just partying. <laughs> Usually, uh, for a lot of people on their parents' dime. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, we're just going to assume here that you probably get hundreds of messages from musicians every day. A day, yeah. Um, have you noticed a common theme or thread that kind of runs through all of them? Um, and if there yeah. is, uh, we want to help you out here. We want to help you not receive as many messages. So if you want to bust a myth or kind of solve a problem right here for us right now, and uh, hopefully help some people out there. Let's do uh, it. Yes, 100%. 100%. The myth is that there is some kind of permission to enter the music industry. Um, and so for me, I have this, this, this theory, which is, well, it's not theory. I, I have this thing, which is we are, we are, from when we are brought into this world, all the way through, there are just rules. And they start off with rules to stop us hurting ourselves. And then we go into school and that school is, is then you're given rules so that you fall into line so that you, you understand that when you're told to do something, you do it. So then you can get a job and then you can survive and, and, uh, and not die. And that's fine. Except what happens is 
we are then programmed into these rules. So we have to be told what to do almost in order to do it. Um, and so a couple of years ago with social media, what happened was um, it broke. In fact, it didn't break the rules. There was this thing of like social media, you can break the rules. And, and I think that now in 2017, it's not a case of breaking the rules. I think the rules have just gone. I don't think there are rules. So, you know, those rules, for example, um, that you need to be asked to enter the music industry, that you have to go and find a music industry person and that music industry person at a, at a record label will actually see you and then say, yes, you have my permission. We are going to sign you. We're going to give you the money. We're, gonna, we're going to actually put your record out into the world. Um, is still this biggest myth that people need to have the music industry find and discover them. Otherwise, it's not feasible to do it themselves. And the, the crazy thing about it is nowadays, because technology has moved so fast, you can make a record for free. And what, see, what used to be the case in the music industry, which, which is, back in the day, which was a Wednesday when I was a kid, was the band would get together, um, they'd start writing songs, everything would go well, they'd start making a, a sort of waves in their local community, and then they would need a record label because in order to actually physically go into a studio, it would cost you know, a, a thousand, two thousand pounds to three thousand dollars a day in order to make a record, it would take a month. Nobody's got that money. Then there would be the physical distribution or the sorry, the physical manufacturing of making CDs or vinyl, which then had to be shipped to all of the different shops in all over the country. And we're talking hundreds of thousands of pounds that would need to go into getting a band to record and that album into the shops. Nowadays, it's completely free. So nowadays you can make something in, in your uh, bedroom, you can get it out there via social media, and all of a sudden you can even do all the distribution yourself. And therefore, you, nowadays it's all about who has control. And so therefore what that brings it around to is whoever has the audience has control. Because if a band or an artist has an audience of you know, 50,000 um, engaged followers, and out of those 50,000 followers, 10,000 of them are prepared to buy an album every year. Well, 10,000 people paying a tenner for an album is $100,000 and when you, or £100,000. And when you don't have all of those crazy outgoings that you once did, you can actually see it as a, as a business model as opposed to, as opposed to a hobby should you, should you want to go down that road. So, so the biggest myth is that the music industry is guarded by these record labels and you need this kind of permission to enter. You need to be signed because they're the ones who are going to actually put your music out there. Um, and that's the biggest myth. You are a serial entrepreneur, I would say, with many music businesses under your belt. Thanks very you much. Know, as well as being a musician and manager and all this kind of stuff. How do you balance everything? And is there something that, may, that bands who are maybe also balancing multiple projects could learn from you when it comes to time management or growing a team? Because I, that's something that I've watched you do kind of since I've, kind of first met you online maybe six months ago or so i've noticed that you're constantly growing your team and you're mm -hmm. doing a lot more than you were at yeah. least that i can see anything that we can learn from you so i would say weirdly enough i yeah definitely think there is i think the irony is is i'm terrible at time management and i'm not particularly very organized or tidy um and, and therefore, because I know that, because I recognize that, I make sure I surround myself with people that can help me with doing the things that I want to achieve. So I think the, the two biggest things for me um, on how I feel like of what drives the success is number one is trust. 
So I don't micromanage anybody. So I want anyone who works for me, I want them to be able to take control of something and take the responsibility rather than rather than the job because that way I can leave them to it. And I've, I've got no problem with someone making a mistake ever. As long as they don't make that mistake again and again and again, as long as they're learning from, from the mistakes. Um, because that way I can say, right, your, your responsibility is this, off you go. And it's a little bit of a jump in the deep end, but it just means that over a period of time, um, I, I don't even have to think about that. And I can work on prioritizing the most important things. And that was a, a piece of information that um, when I started at ACM, I, I started teaching at, at, at this music college when I was 19. And, uh, and I remember the guy who owned the college just said, look, if I can give you one bit of advice, it is only spend time on the most important things. Anything you can delegate, delegate. Mm -hmm. Anything that you have to do, do. If you don't have to do it, don't do it. Do something more important, which I, I've always stuck to, and I think it's amazing. So the first thing is trust. I, there's, there's nobody in my entire team that I do not trust to, to engage with people, to talk with people, to make decisions, because if they do make a mistake, we can sit down and say, this is probably what I would have done. We've learned from it. And that's why guys run the business so much better than I do, because they've got different skill sets, probably better skill sets in every way of managing. And then the other, the other bit of advice is, um, I think I'm very patient with this. So I'll put, I'll go all in. I'll put everything into like this project, for example. I can see that how this will pay off, like this, this, all the social media stuff that I do, I mean, I don't, I don't get paid a penny for any of it. It costs me a lot of money to do it, but I'm thinking eventually it will because once I've got an audience of a million people, for example, if I said, oh, by the way, guys, I've got a book or I'm putting on an event, who fancies coming down, it's 10 pounds a ticket, then all of a sudden that's long-term is where the money's at. And because of that, um, I'm not worried about putting any money that I've got, any spare money that I've got into a project because I really believe that if I don't, if I don't believe in a project, then why should you believe in the project? And I have a rule, which is, which is the 1% rule. And the 1% rule is every single day, if I'm working on something, if I can just make it 1% better, I'm not trying to jump, I'm not trying to hurdle to actually get a million uh, likes or a million subscribers. All I'm trying to do is one baby step at a time. And if, if a decision I can make can improve something by 1% every day, then in three months is 100% better. And in a year, it's 365% better than it once was. And over a period of time, it's those tiny increases which make a huge difference. While I think a lot of people will, will be trying to make big jumps and therefore standing still, if that makes sense. That was such a loaded answer in such a wonderful way. No, seriously, that is. Such, <laughs> that, that, I think we all need that reminder. Again, as an artist and as a podcaster, you know, it, we really need that reminder because we can get stuck with, you know, we, we hate talking about, but finances can be a paralyzing thing sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. or even just um, where to put your time, you know, yeah. but it's that reminder of if you don't believe, if, if we don't believe in yeah. what we're doing more than anyone else, how can we possibly, you know, tell anyone else, hey, come on, come join yeah. this thing that I only semi believe in. I'm not <laughs> willing to put everything into. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know about you, Ross, but that, yeah. that really hit home for me. Sorry, I muted myself so yes, no one no. could hear me speak. Um, <laughs> Just the way I the like one per, No, the 1% will really spoke to me because I think, yeah, like so many of us focus on the, the, the big kind of increases, but really, yeah, you're right. It's like those small things all add up. It's like every penny counts, you know? Yeah. It all yeah. totally adds up. So yeah, thank you for that. 
Are you ready for 20 questions? I think I am. I'm going to give it a go. All right. So I just have to be as quick as possible. Absolutely. I think you'll be the fastest. <laughs> Coffee or tea? <laughs> tea. Meat or veggies? Veggies. Twitter or Facebook? Ooh, Facebook. <laughs> Indie or major? Indie. Game of Thrones Ooh. or The Walking Ooh. Dead? The Walking Dead. Brighton or Swansea? Brighton. Oh, Education or experience? <laughs> experience. Marvel or DC? Marvel. My kid will kill me for that. <laughs> Paramore or <laughs> Fallout Boy? Paramore. Oh. Instagram or Snapchat? Instagram at the moment. Yoga or yogurt? Yoga. Talent or attitude? Attitude, 100%. Batman or Superman? Batman. Biffy Clyro or Muse? Biffy Clyro. Love Biffy Clyro. Aerosmith or ACDC? Oh, ACDC. Do you think he's going to be as nervous about the next one? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, Damien, this, this could potentially, um, you know, guide the rest of our future together. This is the make or together. break. This is one of the make or breaks. Yeah. So um, you probably know what's coming. So it's Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton. Oh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> I was a huge Michael Jackson fan when I was a kid. In fact, one thing that happened to me was when I was 15, 14 years old, I got hit on a hit and run by a drunk driver whilst oh I was cycling. And I, I went flying down the road and I was unconscious for a while. But when I woke up, all I was concerned with was the fact that I'd ripped my Michael Jackson tour t-shirt. And that was like a disaster for me. <laughs> the priorities uh, of a young adult. Celine Dion or Marilyn Manson? Manson. Whale or kale? Ooh, um, whale. Bet Midler or the Riddler? Because they run. Oh, the Riddler. <laughs> I'm actually very nervous. For this one. <laughs> don't, don't, Marcia, don't, don't be nervous. Okay, don't be nervous. I'll play it cool. I'll play it cool. I'm not really okay. nervous. It's all good. No, all good. I'm never nervous. I'm never. No. Oh, you've got you've adopted some kind of like you see white that? rapper kind of thing going on okay. here. So don't know cool. if I like it. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> So your final question, Damien, is Ross or Marcio? Ross,io Oh, you didn't know what I said. Uh, <laughs> Ross, he knows, he knows I think you mix us together. He knows and you the know, secret. He knows you've the seen secret. enough of these. You know how this you works. You know that we praise <laughs> yeah. those that actually don't choose. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, I'm one, all for the Rossio. One of the main areas you focus on uh, when you consult with bands is social media, like we've already talked about. Yeah. Um, can you just offer a very quick piece of uh, solid, actionable advice um, for artists on using and growing um, their platforms? Absolutely, yeah. So the big thing I would say is, number one, decide what you want to get out of your social media, but don't, don't go onto all social media platforms because they're there, which mm. is what I see quite a lot with bands. Because something is there, it doesn't mean that you have to use it. Uh, because what happens is if you're on too many platforms, um, then you don't end up learning about the way people consume the content because that's the big thing. Everyone feels like they do social media um, because they do, but it's not so much doing the social media. It's understanding the end user, if that makes sense. So when someone watches YouTube, they watch it in a very different way to when they watch uh, Snapchat, for example. Mm -hmm. So Snapchat, because it's only 10 seconds, they might literally just be wandering through the, their, their flat, their apartment, just literally watching something, taking something in. Whereas YouTube, they are sat down, um, you know, there's no TV on, which they might be with Facebook. So I would say 
in order to really understand a social media platform, I think it'd be much better for a band to take on one or even two social media platforms and really concentrate on it. And that way, what you're not doing is trying to spread yourself too, too thin. Uh, because because there's just a lot of platforms out there. And then I suppose, secondly, it would be think about your particular skill set because a lot of people, I mean, I'm completely fine on video, but I completely understand when someone doesn't want to be on video, uh, but that's not an excuse. It just means you've got to find a new uh, a new or a platform which suits your skills. So whether that's audio and doing podcasts, whether that's Twitter and actually just communication via, via text, um, or whether that's writing and, and going on to um, Medium or something like that, then it's a case of finding the right platform for you. Yeah, and do you know, another thing I would say as well is another bit of advice that I think bands should do is, is the, the, the key point is how you bring value to the end user. That's mm-hmm. always the key point. And a big thing that bands don't do enough is they don't actually, it's all very push media. It's mm-hmm. all very me, me, me. Mm-hmm. Here's this, here's this, here's this. And... I think what's very interesting, and, and one thing I'm trying to experiment with Instagram, because Instagram isn't my typical platform, I struggle with it. So I just thought, well, how can I bring value to musicians? So what I do now is I um, I let people tag me into their videos, and I'll just repost them, because I know that that brings value to people, that, that I can use my very small audience on Instagram just to a bit of recognition, a bit of acknowledgement, a bit of a helping hand, a bit of a well done, and all of a sudden, everybody's interested because it's not about me anymore. It's definitely about them. Community. And absolutely, that community vibe. And I yeah. think bands could do that. You know, bands could, mm-hmm. where it's feature a fan or, you know, there's so many things that takes it away from the, the, the me. I've made an album, so you need to listen to my album. Like, you know, if you go to a gig, mm-hmm. people say, oh, people don't come to gigs anymore. And you think, well, what are you doing for them? Because at the moment when you say, guess what? If you pay $5 and you come all the way down to my show, guess what you get? You get to see me. <laughs> wow, like, everyone wants to see me. <laughs> give, so, them something, you know, give, like, you know, give them some music or download absolutely. or something. So yeah, make it yeah. worth their while. Make the value there. And I think you know, that, that's something that you can do with social media now because it's just, it doesn't cost anything. For me to actually repost a band's video and just say, loved what you did, mate, that was fantastic. I'm going to tell all my friends. Then didn't cost me anything it cost me a minute of my time i think it'll take five to ten years but yeah. i think we will get there and people will realize because at the moment we we've just got into this we, you know we've been out in the desert we've come inside and we've yeah. seen all the food on the table and we've just mm. gone i can have all the food uh, yes. and i think it will get to the point where we, we've we've eaten enough food and we've gone right do you know what? what else can we do and then it will become probably more sort of just a more honest and open thing but at Mm -hmm. the moment it's so new to us that at the moment we're just thinking what can i get out of this Mm -hmm. um so i think it's just going to take time and so the more people like yourself who just say well it's fine i'll just keep sharing yours you don't have to share mine eventually it'll just keep going around until everyone's sharing everyone's and and then social media will go away and we'll have something completely new well i can't wait to see you continue to to grow this because you have so much to offer and it's it's a lot of wise words here where's the best place for people uh people i can't speak today to connect with you online i think from from a connection to talk to me is definitely twitter Mm -hmm. um that's how because the facebook as you said earlier um i'll get up to 100 150 Mm -hmm. messages a day from musicians and i'd love to be able to get back to everyone but it it is quite difficult Mm -hmm. um YouTube is the thing I'm most excited about growing over a period of time. So the the biggest thing for me is whenever someone, you know, there's that thing as well. When, when someone does something for you, you genuinely want to do something back for them. Yeah. 
And so when someone likes my Facebook, I'm like, oh, fantastic. Thank you very much. But when someone subscribes to my YouTube, I'm like, what can I do for you? That's amazing. It just, it feels like a really expensive thing that they've done for me. <laughs> so I think that it's how, you know, how I bring value and how then people can bring value to me in order for me to want to, to get involved as much as possible. And I think subscribing on YouTube is a really big deal. Um, but when I get a comment on YouTube, it, you know, it means a lot. So, so, the, you know, I'm on all social media because I'm learning about social mm-hmm. media as things go. But um, from a communication point of view, I mean, Twitter, YouTube, it all comes straight through to my phone. Facebook, not so much because my phone would be lit up like a Christmas tree all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter it is. Twitter is. And all the links are cool. in the show notes. Make sure you check that out. They are indeed. And you can find us, as in the show, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, and YouTube. Don't forget to visit our website and pick up one of our shirts while you are there. Yep. As I mentioned earlier, my new acoustic P, The Reimagining Volume 1, is available everywhere. Um, I'm also working on my second full-length solo album, which I'm so excited about. You can be a part of it at uh, marcinavelli.com, specifically marcinavelli.com slash pledge. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and Patreon, which are all my name, Marcio Novelli. And I'm working on websites for various artists at the moment. You can check out my work at electrickiwi.co.uk. You'll find me on Twitter and Instagram as Electric Kiwi and Facebook Electric Kiwi Design. This episode was brought to you by 30 Roses, a virtual assistant and consultant to musicians and other creatives, as well as Chris Keaton, music entrepreneur, HQ and Social Surge. All links are in the show notes, so please check them out because they keep this show alive. Right, Ross? They do. I, didn't I, let you I do was, your I was song getting all today. prepared. I, I was know. getting all ready to Get do it. This and then... show <laughs> yeah, well, you fucked that up, didn't you? <laughs> if you'd like to sponsor the show, visit patreon.com slash bridge the Atlantic. As we mentioned at the start of the show, we've recently updated the rewards, which now include sponsorship at the start of our interviews, as well as the opportunity for you to co host an episode. So, uh, yeah, make sure to subscribe on YouTube and iTunes so you don't miss anything and leave us a comment and let us know what you think of the show. Oh, you yeah. had to get had it to in. had to squeeze something had in. had to there. get it in. <laughs> Damien, thank you so much for coming on the, the show today and sharing uh, a bit of your knowledge. Love to. Do you know, it's been brilliant. I love doing stuff like this. It's just, it's stuff like this which just makes it the fun. You know, for me, I like people and I like talking to people. This is like... Well, we like so listening to you, so... Yes. Thanks. When, when? It's just when, when, when? Here we go. Come back again soon, okay? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 